0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. It's been a dry, long summer, so we're thankful that autumn has arrived and so has some rain. Grass is greening up, borders are taking on their mellow patina, and trees are preparing for their winter slumber, but not before the foliage fireworks begins.
1: Autumn is a time to rejoice in all the year's hard work, slap yourself on the back and enjoy the final few weeks of beauty in the garden. It's also a prime time in the kitchen garden and allotment as pumpkins, potatoes, and the last of the peas and beans are harvested and enjoyed as temperatures dip and the nights draw in.
0: So, with tales of how Lucy and I and our hard working gardening teams are preparing for the last hurrah of the gardening year, join us as we delve into the autumn spectacle in the life of the modern head gardener. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world or in the UK. Uh, Welcome to another episode of the Talking Heads podcast, talking gardening throughout the planet. Now, because we're international, I think.
1: We are, and it's lovely, isn't it? We've had a couple of messages that you're going to talk about in a minute from listeners. And they're not in the UK, and it's it's, it's lovely and mind-boggling simultaneously to think that we are reaching out to... Um, like you say an international audience so thank you so much if you are uh, we love our UK listeners but we also love people who listen in other countries too it's just all rather rather joyous and nice so thank you so much.
0: Yeah it's interesting to have to start thinking about weather conditions in other places or I don't know, oh my different, God. different soil types we well, are struggling up with weather form. in the
1: UK yeah, what <laughs> after last what week's last week's one
0: <laughs> yeah no but no it is fa- it's fascinating to hear from other people different cultures different gardening cultures I tell you what that's a podcast it's right talk about different gardening cultures oh
1: my gosh that's if you want far that one away
0: that needs some research but um mm. yes yeah it's been how, how have you been anyway how's your, how's your week been or uh, it's been
1: great it's been it's been lovely um we've had birthday parties to go to over the weekend which is what you do when you have little people um (laughs) but it was very nice they gave us cups of tea and we toasted marshmallows by a fire so i'm not complaining about that kind of birthday party thank you very much not soft play pit in sight so that was good um and then uh, yeah the hall we have got um we've had a focus for the last few weeks and it's good to have something to focus on mm. it's a big family event that we've got coming up so tomorrow uh, i have called in all the staff to have one final push to get the garden looking really special wow. because it's a real significant event so we've got myself we've got ian we've got nick we've got steve all four of us are going to be there simultaneously tomorrow because at this time of year um you can make the garden look great and then if there's a windy night or the leaves fall or whatever it might be it just doesn't look quite the same so my my gamble is that we're all going to come in tomorrow have a real good blitz and then fingers and legs crossed the weather in fingering Ho is going to be nice and calm and still for the next one two nights so that the actual event itself isn't is look at the gardens looking great that's my plan
0: you know that's not go- you know that's no you've said that's not going to happen. <laughs>
1: well, I know, but you know.
0: Do, do you know? I think autumn has actually finally really actually started in the last few days. I've got to say that mm. our beech trees have turned and leaves are falling. Yeah, quite yep. dramatically now. Um, I but you know, I was actually one of the great things about mobile phones. and There's not many of them. <laughs> let's admit. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're little. There they could be devils, can't they, for uh, t- distracting you? But yes, they um, can. One of the great things is is you have your catalogue of photos from what five years, and I was taking a look back at last year's autumn photos. Right. And there is there is a significant difference between last autumn and this autumn. I, I you know I'd say the trees have coloured up nicely, but hmm. there is a definite lack of leaf on the tree. I think that false autumn is something to be blamed you know we lost a lot of leaf in end of august into september but i also yeah. just think plants have been a bit out of um sync if you know what i mean out of kilter is that is that the word some have lost their leaves some haven't even turned their colors yet it's a bit like you know um they're all wondering what to think about what's happening uh in They've the, de- in de- the, desynchronized yeah that's, that's desynchronized. There yeah. we go. We'll go with that. They're not the, the weather is not telling them. It is autumn, and we're going into winter. It's sort of saying, mm, you know, it might be spring <laughs> or it might be summer. I tell you what, Sunday it felt like summer here, but um, oh, it was yeah. so
1: mild. But then actually, frost later in the week. It goes down to two on. I think it's Friday night you know, in Essex. It's I going no- down to two. So, but in the twenties, and that. then back down.
0: Yeah, I noticed, I noticed it getting a bit cooler towards the end of the week, so hopefully that will uh, sort a few of the stragglers. A few of the autumn stragglers will think, yeah, it is time to go to um, time to go uh, to bed or you know into winter dormancy. Um, but yeah, I thought yeah, uh, autumn's been um, not as good. Although I must say, we uh, me and my partner went uh, to a garden on Sunday called Luke's Uh, For anyone in the West Country or in Devon specifically, just on the outskirts of Plymouth is a town called Ivy Bridge. And just north of Ivy Bridge, there's this old house called Lukesland with that 20 acres of what I would call very mature uh, woodland, um, mostly focusing on things like rhododendrons, trees, aces, azaleas, um, a beautiful davidia. Davidia in volucrata, the handkerchief tree absolutely mm. massive and an absolutely ginormous magnolia campbellar i think it's a champion for the country that has that's still that's still in full green that just doesn't look like autumn started
1: you've got a little bit of saliva dripping out of your mouth Have I? The, way you, the way you're talking about the uh the hanky team in the magnolia uh, i can hear your passion in your voice oh i, I <laughs> you know
0: i love woody collections um yeah the the thing about woody plants is that they take a long time to get up into maturity and really get those displays. So when you go to mm. a really good one, you know it's been the passion of a family or a significant number of generations of people looking after them. So mm. it's not just a history. It's not just a planting. Um, you know the aesthetics of the planting. It's thinking about the history in that garden and thinking about the years that people have put into planting oh, those they? plants, looking after them. Yeah,
1: no, I get you. There's something
0: for maturity. I think maturity in a garden is completely underrated because a lot of what we see these days on the TV at the shows is very quick. It's all very instant gardening or putting things together very quickly. Mm. Maturity takes years, and it may not even be your privilege to have that maturity. You may be doing it for generations on. So it's an underestimated quality in gardens, and you really only get it sometimes in these big estate gardens which have had many generations living in them um i hope one day go on go on
1: no 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 sorry i was just going to say the first time i went to westenburg arboretum i'd not been to an arboretum before and when i did i was like oh my god i can see what all this is about now because as you say there's such placement of the trees they are they're so dominant and they make you feel in comparison quite diminutive and quite you know i'm not the very important one here the trees are the uh, the trees are the heroes and it's it is you know those sorts of plantings as you say in in the edible world you plant pears for your heirs that's a well-known phrase because they take so long to bulk up and crop so yeah hey. I, i'm with you i'm leaning on an open dorsal with woody plants
0: yeah so yeah it was very nice that's their last opening of the year so we'll have to wait for spring Lots of gardens are probably closing around now. Not Some some stay open for the whole of the winter, but a lot of them do close down now because of many things, you know, the staff want to really get to work on parts of the garden and having the public round can be quite difficult. Sometimes uh, public in the winter going into gardens can damage, certainly damage lawns if you have a high volume of people. Mm-hmm. So many gardens do shut down or, or at least curtail their hours. So if you really want to get out and see the last of the autumn displays, I think... Maybe this week, maybe next week are your your prime spots, and then, yeah, and then it'll be winter time, but um definitely, if you're in my neck of the woods, go and visit Lukelands in the spring, as well as the autumn color, I bet in the spring with all the rhododendrons, camellias, all of the new leaves coming out going to look beautiful.
1: Don't forget you do video as well. Make a note to go and see that later in the year.
0: Yeah, what's that about May? I think it's the end of May, maybe into June, that those handkerchiefs fo- uh, uh, appear. Yeah, absolutely beautiful tree. Well worth planting as well. If you've got a, you can prune them quite well actually to turn them into a smaller tree if you want to. But it's well worth leaving them to get big to get that full display. Um. Now, yes, we want to talk about people in the USA, don't we? Yeah, across we the pond, we've had two people getting. Contact with us uh, in the last couple of days. And we just want to say a big thank you for listening in, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're always amazed that people are listening to us. Why would you want to? Anyway, um, <laughs> but um, the first one is uh, Keely. I'm hoping I've got your pronouncing your name right. Uh, this is the problem with. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, trying to pronounce people's names, it's it's like my name. Uh, everyone sorts of gets it right, but not quite. Anyway, thank you, Keely, from New York. She's our number one fan in New York City. We have a listener in New York over there. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, I know. I can't get oh, my head you, around that.
1: <laughs> No, no, but it's, one, it's such a lovely thing.
0: So. Yeah, we hope you have a nice guard. I don't know. New York's, I know New York's a lot bigger than just the city bit, uh, the Manhattan bit, isn't it? So I'm guessing – and there's Central Park, isn't there? But And I will say, if you're ever in New York, to the north of Central – in the north bit of Central Park is New York Botanic Gardens. It is an amazing botanic garden. Um, you know, very, very similar – well, not the same as Q, but very similar in there, uh, how good their uh, botanical horticulture is. So well worth visiting. Um, and then just over – I don't know, is it the Hudson? Uh, i am trying. Really, my geography's awful, but I, think I don't know. That... I know
1: it's New Jersey. I don't know what you is have that... to hop over to get there. Is
0: that over the Hudson?
1: I think it is. Ooh, you're oh, than being have... on international stuff.
0: Yeah, I may have just really offended the New Jersey uh, uh, contingent. I know New Jersey and New York have this rivalry, don't they? I think they do. Anyway, anyway, yeah, from New Jersey, we've had someone else uh, contact or oh, contact you, Lucy. Yeah, they got in contact with us, and it's uh, it's Henry Henry Jansmar again. I'm really sorry <laughs> if I've just butchered your surname. Um, and it was about last week's episode talking about these weather apps that have uh, that we weren't relying on. And they're very interestingly, he's told us all about um, the US uh, sort of amateur end of the, now I really pronounce this word badly, meteorological did well, get that you right? did it,
1: well done. That Thank took you. you about five attempts when before uh, t- we pressed record. You've We've done it. We were practicing
0: before we start pressing record, Ethan. weren't we? But apparently, there's a vast number of them that um, share a, a similar system or similar weather station. I'm guessing, and then mm. all the data gets fed into a central point, point. and that allows them to make more accurate weather predictions for their area. Now, and he oh, asked I think us if, great. yeah, it's great. He asked us if we do mm. it over here. Now, I've got a little weather station which does do it, but I. Don't feed it into anything. I don't. We don't have that crowdsourcing, that big hub, do we?
1: No. I I looked very quickly. I didn't have a huge amount of time this week. I've been on deadline for a couple of features, but I I checked what I could see from regards to kind of like collating weather information in the UK. There's a couple of really good forums on the weather, but I couldn't, when I delved into them, see a way where they actually uh, allowed you to really localise your forecast. Whether the members of the forum were you know, having conversations about weather, but I don't know if they were actually sort of um, collating information so you could actually dip into it yeah. and see specifically what your local area was doing. So if there is that kind of thing in the UK somewhere, please someone let us know, because I would be fascinated. Uh, just to have another point of reference, so I can look in the sky, Absolutely. I can look on my phone, I can look on the um, wherever, it might be some kind of forum, and go, right, okay. Uh, I must admit, we are now, today was supposed to be a complete washout. Ian changed his diary completely. I had a photo shoot planned for today, which was cancelled because it was meant to be raining a million percent in Essex today, we got three mil. <laughs> so that was a complete waste. And it was because it came from the West. Anything that comes from the West, by the time it gets to East Anglia, it peters out. And you see it on the weather charts. You think, oh, my God, that looks like a huge big weather front coming in. And I say nine times out of the ten, by the time, it's all dumped on you guys and we don't get it. So, hey, I'm not frustrated <laughs> one little bit. <laughs>
0: Uh, weather apps yes Uh, maybe we're not going to use them but yes thank you henry um it's called ambient weather so AmbientWeather.com. if anyone wants to have Mm. a look at it and uh, again just thank you for listening to us new york new jersey there you go there's a bit of love for you the talking heads podcast so thank you very very much now should we go on to tonight's topic Oh, yes, please, because I'm quite excited about this. We are hoping that at some point uh, in this year, winter may appear or something <laughs> more wintry, Because as Lucy said, it was 20 degrees at the weekend. Now, she did say we're going down by Friday. I know mm. in the West Country, that means we're probably losing a few degrees. I won't be losing my shorts anytime soon. But winter is apparently round the corner. Apparently.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> is it the plan? The plan well, is to have a winter. That is the
1: plan. Yeah. Um, we don't know if things do go to plan these days, but that's that's the general gist of uh, the the seasonality of the temperate climate. That's what we're we're expecting to happen. So so yeah, and we we thought we'd talk about getting winter ready mm. for the garden because you know us at the Talking Heads podcast, we hate that term of putting the garden to bed. It's only never, because never. the garden never really sleeps. You know, there might be some dormancy stuff, but honestly, there's so many other things. Going on, so we thought we'd chat about getting the garden winter ready. What things we've done, what things maybe we haven't done, because I've got a few that have slipped through my fingers. (laughs) But I did say to Saul before we pressed the record button tonight, I'm actually feeling—I don't know if I don't know if the word smug is a bit too strong. I don't like to feel smug, but I feel when I look out at my garden, I don't feel that feeling of dread and panic. I do feel on top of my game this year, and ah, yeah, so. I'll have a little chat about that i'll tell would, you what i've
0: done i would never call you smug lucy it's not uh an emotion <laughs> it's not I've very ever...
1: becoming is it <laughs> it's so... not very
0: becoming yeah so we're going to go through a few things that we are either doing or we're about to do or just things to start thinking about uh, yeah. for the next couple of months for definite especially up yeah. to probably up to christmas and we might talk a bit beyond but we'll see how we're doing now we both have lists i've oh done a God, list yeah. I know. Hey. I'm,
1: honestly, I love it. I've
0: done a list.
1: <laughs> it's a paper and pen list.
0: It's a paper. Well, welcome yes.
1: into my world, so welcome in.
0: <laughs> now I've got to read my handwriting because I don't do lists <laughs> oh. too often. Oh, they're, they're, that might be the, the initial downfall of having a handwritten list. But I'm going to be, do the first one because I think it's particularly, mm. uh, particularly um, not very male of me. It's cleaning. It's time to get ah, cleaning.
1: Yeah. Do you know yep.
0: winter is a fantastic time to get cleaning because I find that generally spring, summer, and autumn you just create a lot of mess. This is just, it just as part of the whole rigmarole. Whether it's in the greenhouse, mm. your potting shed, in the garage, uh, you know, in the hallway, wherever it is in your house, there will be compost somewhere <laughs> lurking under the sofa. You know, it'll be it'll be hidden. And now, now that we're not really using that much compost we can get in and we should start cleaning stuff up. Um, mm. Especially your greenhouses, your potting sheds. You know, all those pots that have just been thrown in the corner after you've been trying to pot things on or things have been planted out and you just don't generally... I tell you, what, I don't know if you're like me, you just don't generally get to the point where you're sorting them out as you go. They are just getting thrown over your shoulder or, or into, a wheelbar- into a wheelbarrow, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And That's then you so just feel for your apprentices <laughs> now. <laughs> you just tip them Whatever. up in the potting shed Flying and they just go pots. everywhere. So now is a great time to get out there and just start cleaning stuff up, getting things organised, stock taking. Great time to do a bit of stock taking, especially if you want to get, uh, order in various bits and pieces. So yeah, cleaning. Get cleaning. Like,
1: well, this is I'm pulling funny smug like faces at you actually because I've done so I've done this. This is, this is where this is where I'm at this year. It's in, I, I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm just going to ride with it for the moment. Oh, Something dear. will come along and side swipe me and and take the wind out of myself. But
0: I've got to up my game. Do you know what? Up my game. The last
1: two, the last few weekends, I have. Oh, we've got two. Big potting sheds, this is my home garden I'm not talking about Donn because Donlan's got a separate agenda at the moment we've got this big big thing going on, so it's really dominated our time but at home, we have got two potting sheds uh they have all been emptied out completely, swept through all the pots reordered put in oh God the space you can create it's incredible, and I've made an inventory, and I know what I need to order, and I've already started ordering some of it so and I spe- honestly, I've swept the greenhouse out. I had a fantastic uh, weekend the other weekend getting all the greenhouse staging in, uh, sweeping everything out. I'm on it. I'm on it. So.
0: Wow. Well, do, do you know what I took from that sentence? I have two potting sheds. There's nothing like that. That is. I love um, them. Oh. That is boss move. That's a boss move. That is. <laughs> you know.
1: I've got one for my pots, and then I've got one for where I actually do my. I've got a low. Oh god! I've got this lovely wooden bench in there with a a big vice, and it smells of like decades of oil and stuff. The the stories that that shed could tell about the um, all the workshop stuff that's been going on there. It's like my own little repair shop. I love it in there.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, And so does my cat. Anyone who saw me on Instagram the other day will see that my cat Isaac loves it in our little uh, shed there. So
0: well, well done for well done for cleaning it, so you could actually see Isaac. If Isaac went into my parting shed. (laughs) you would just see pots never everywhere. never be seen again. <laughs> so well done. But get, yeah, get out and get yourself organised because you'd be surprised how quickly next year comes. Yes. And you having an organised potting shed, greenhouse stroke garden. Well, and just ordering just the stuff
1: like the seed compost and, you know, just things, getting stuff ready, you know, thinking, have I got enough, like, I don't know, fertiliser or this or that or whatever. You know, it makes it so much more of a joy if you think, yeah, I'm on top of that. <laughs> I'm going to um, also talk about my greenhouse because I have cleaned it all out and and sort of like given it a wipe down and all that kind of stuff. And this year I've got loads of stuff growing in it. So I've got all my overwintering plants already in there up off the floor on these lovely slatted um, uh, shelves that Ian's made for me. So I've got my gingers in there because they're still dying back, but ultimately they're going to go into a separate, uh, one of the potting sheds actually, because once they die back completely, I've found I can dry them off and stack them up on top of each other in the pots and it's much better out of the way of the greenhouse because my greenhouse is full this year of hardy winter salads so i've got loads of stuff growing i've also got micro leaves that are ready to be harvested i've got pea shoots because i wanted to talk about things that you can do in your greenhouse through the winter i think we've touched on it in in past episodes but you know that growing space is is there to be uh used you know not just for the summer and the spring and the autumn but for the winter as well and it's i'm really pleasantly surprised with the produce that i'm getting my mizuna has gone nuts i've got uh, lettuces that are bulking up radicchio um, my coriander's looking really good in there as well. So all these wonderful mm. herbs and hardy salads you can have. They um are, you know, as I say, you can harvest stuff in the winter. It's not just the brassicas. I have gone through my brassica cage and taken off all the yellow leaves, ready for the winter. So that's another job I've done. But I'm really, I'm really pleasantly surprised by how productive a winter greenhouse can be from an edible point of view. I've got my pelargoniums in there. I've got my salvias. I've got cuttings taken. All that kind of stuff is done. But yeah, crops, it's really been quite bountiful. So have
0: check you with that. Have you insulated your greenhouse or are you just leaving it as it is?
1: At the moment I haven't. Do you remember me saying I've got those soil warming cables? Of course. Yeah, so that's what's going on in the greenhouse nice. borders. And that's woven through the roots of the salad crops and the hardy crops. So that's all there. And that's on the timer, so it comes on every other hour at night, just through the night. It doesn't come on the day because it's been so mild. So um, so that's going on. And I've got heat mats set up. I've got my sweet peas and my broad beans all kind of like sown and germinating. Um, and that's where my micro leaves are as well on my heat mats. But so the greenhouse isn't insulated at the minute. Right. Late, later on, when it gets to the really cold times in January, maybe going into early February, when we get those really, really prolonged spells of cold in the UK, I will probably put some bubble wrap up um because you can reuse it it's actually yeah. i think it's recycl. i think it's actually recyclable bubble wrap as well so i don't have any issue with using it and i've got the little um fixing pegs it's very quick and simple to do i've had the things cut to shape for about four or five years now just fresh bosh up it goes so oh sorry that was the dog she's just come to say hello um yeah so so that's all you know ready to go and i know it's ready to go because i've cleaned the shed out and it's all there sorted so
0: you're far you're far too far ahead um i'm a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um will last <laughs> going along with the cleaning thing tools winter is a great time mm. for assessing servicing or even replacing or getting in new tools um you'll be surprised how much uh, use your tools have you have been going through the summer and if you're anything like me you, you the the mantra is you look after you should look after your tools as you go now Mm. I will I will almost bet that only about 10% of gardening teams in this country manage to look after their tools as they go because you're working all day and you just throw them into your shed and then you get them out the next day. Yeah. You know, it is that's generally what happens but you know it's a good time especially when it's a nice rainy day just to go through your tools I um you know um iron wool brush or um or or something very stiff get all that uh, dirt out of all the bits bit of rust if it's developed mm. and then give them a give them a good uh, coat of oil or something like that if they're going to be sitting the around oily for rag. A bit. the oily the, rag the, well the obligatory oily rag
1: that every shed has
0: we used to have a bucket uh, at anthony house where i started off the national trust we used to have a bucket of sand that had been um, with old sump oil in it so you could just literally it did two things at once you plunge the blade of the spade into it or what the fork mm. so the sand would clean off ah okay the 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 the, uh the utensil Hmm. but then the oil would also penetrate it so it did both at once um yeah yeah yeah, i think it's a good idea but i haven't used this maybe (laughs) i should start doing that but anyway a bit of sharpening you know all this kind of thing just just go over see what tools are getting weak wooden tools especially if they've got any sort of uh, attachment to a metal um sort of blade or whatever they do get loose Mm. So it's worth assessing these things because the last thing you want is a a snapped tool just as you're starting to use it. So well worth having a look. And yeah, sharpening blades, great time mm. to do that.
1: I have to say that um, literally two days ago, I was in the shed with uh, an angle grinder. I had my hair tied back. I had my... um spark proof what well, I'd call a spark proof coat on because I've got one that would be highly flammable, so I definitely <laughs> did not wear that. Um I think it was like my Gore Tex, I'd got my hair tied back, my goggles on, and I was angle winding a, a really sharp edge to my hoe, my draw hoe. And um yeah, because I'm finding at the minute it's still so dank. You know, with November I do find so if muddy. anyone is out there uh finding that November is a slog of a month, yeah, it is. I would find I think it's the least joyful potentially month of being a practical hands-on garden because it's cold but it's still warm enough to be damp when you get to december january the cold gets sufficient so that actually it's quite dry and crisp yeah, yeah i do find november quite hard so um yeah sorry so going into that it's been very mild in the uk and our weeds are still growing and i was just trying Telling to get me. a real decent <laughs> edge on my hoe i had great fun i tell you what you i felt like i was an 80s pop video with me angle grinder from his sparks okay <laughs> so anyhow there you go that's the, what happens in fingering for entertainment
0: there you go that's a, that's a vision a vision there um <laughs> the other thing i want to talk about is um now i've got it written down here is pruning bleeders now that doesn't mean <laughs> plants you don't like or or the neighbors <laughs> but it means plants that bleed. now this is this is very pertinent to do in the first half of winter especially yeah, before right. especially before the, the date that I always think of and I think is always recommended is Christmas Day. Mm. Get these jobs done before Christmas Day. Uh, and these are all these uh, plants that if they're pruned too late, will produce a lot of sap when the sap gets move, moving and won't seal their wounds up sufficiently enough that they bleed. They literally will almost bleed themselves to death. The sap will just keep rising and they won't be able to seal up. Uh, the classics for this are aces, um, mm. beech and vines. Vines are very... Uh, susceptible yeah. to this and you and want to bir- get the
1: birch and sycamore i found as well
0: sycamore you know? interesting i didn't know about this sy- yeah. one actually what i'm is sycamore's an acer so it ma- it mm. does make sense so um yeah those are the ones to get done and i probably well i don't know it depends some of my aces are still in full leaf but you're definitely in the next few weeks want to start thinking about uh pruning pruning those because it is a finite window to get it done If you, you know, you might get away with it the week after Christmas, but I'd say if you're starting to look into the middle to the end of January, I'd probably avoid it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, One thing, uh, this is following on from from that, uh, and I haven't quite done it yet because we've still got probably about half the leaves left on these plants, but um, I've got a stand of hazels uh, halfway down my garden, which I specifically left when we took over the, the property. I wanted them for pea sticks and they deliver that really very well so as soon as the leaves have fallen which will be if we do get a cold snap it might be by the end of this month I will be there with my loppers um, again the goggles on and um, literally taking them uh, about three quarters of the stems pretty much right down to the ground and then I use them for bean poles on the allotment and pea sticks I've got loads of herbaceous plants that I support and obviously then peas and I use them for broad beans to just create a little cage around my broad beans uh, sweet peas they're fantastic for that so i will very soon be harvesting pea sticks but like i say it's once we've had a real cold snap and the leaves will be falling so if you've got hazels or cob nuts or filberts or or this you know birch is when i worked at wisley uh, it was a winter task for the gardeners to go over to the the green um sorry it was wisley common i beg your pardon and there was lots of birch brush there and that would be harvested and bundled up and used for an amazing array of supports in the herbaceous borders come the, the spring and the summer so you know, plant sports can be expensive, but if you can grow your own, that's so much better.
0: Yeah, growing your own is great. We use the bamboo at Stoners to great effect. Um mm. on a very similar sort of a similar thing, the one the one plant I wouldn't use is willow. Because willow will root itself even when it's <laughs> a huge we I have I have used willow. We used very similarly willow to make a banister up a, a hill. And mm. I tell you what, we put willow in, you know, a good few inches across. And it wow. rooted itself. And that rooted, absolutely Gosh. amazing stuff. It's very, very good at rooting. But what I was going to say is now is a great time to take hardwood cuttings, or, or coming into it. So your your cornices, all your colourful stems, roses, uh, various other plants. Well, the vines get.
1: like you mentioned. You vine, know? yeah, they absolutely. Um, gooseberries, I've taken loads of hardwood cuttings by, by gooseberries. I think so. you
0: can yeah, you can do it with lots of different. Oh. fix you can never go out so yeah take your hardwood cuttings um we won't go into the full description of how to do them but have a little spot outside your potting shed or somewhere where you've got a nice bit of bare earth and you can stick all your your hardwood cuttings in there i've even done them in pots before actually it works just as well in pots especially if you've got the small like the cornice types or the willows willow are pot um root into anything but yeah good time mm. to take your hardwood cuttings
1: yeah and we often talk about greenhouses and things like that because we've got our big estates and they have big greenhouses on them but uh, it's such an important thing as well to use th- things at your disposal like cold frames if you haven't got cold a frames, greenhouse yes. and you're trying to overwinter plants or just protect them from the elements um don't be disheartened if you haven't got a greenhouse but make a cold frame or i've got you know i've i um got some lovely cold frames that were in the sale from thompson and morgan actually they're they're, they're going to sit either side of my greenhouse they look really really something uh they're durable as well they've got a lovely hinged lid and you can keep it open or completely shut it down um i'm going to put a lot of my spring bulbs in there because i've uh, planted up the spring bulbs in the autumn i've topped them with gravel and i do find if i leave them out they can be vulnerable to squirrels uh hence the with the collection you do get a few squirrels coming along to, to scupper your plants and they they love bulbs in pots. so if I put them in the frame, they still will get the exposure to the cold that they need and they won't be growing long and stretched and leggy, but the schools will not be able to get them. So, you know, f- frames, if you, if you, they're so useful for so many different things. I'm going to be putting uh, my broad beans that I've sown in modules so they don't get too stretched and leggy. I'll put them in my cold frame because broad beans are tough as old boots. They're really yeah. very hardy plants. And actually, if you try and grow them, especially if you sow them early in a greenhouse if you've heated that greenhouse they can become quite etiolated and quite soft and sappy then you put them outside and they don't like it they just you know they have not been grown hard cold frames are brilliant for that you know growing plants hard if you've got some cuttings that just need a bit of protection from the frost you know if, if you don't want the pot to freeze solid put them in a cold frame it just gives it that it won't be frost free but it will just give them that little bit of insulation um so they i, I think they are invaluable pieces of kit
0: it also goes back to what we were saying last week about uh, the overwintering process of the dryness of plants is yep. just as important as the temperature Coal frames mm. are great for that just to keep things dry but like mm. you say at lower temperatures, so that they don't grow away too much and you don't have to buy fancy coal frames off the internet a few breeze blocks and a piece of light or a piece of glass is just as good like i say it's just keeping excess moisture off the plants uh so yeah. that they don't rot away um yeah. Now, I want to talk about one thing that we don't generally talk about much on this um, channel because we're not it's not really our forte, but houseplants. If you want to know more about houseplants, go and listen to our fellow podcaster, Jane Perrone's podcast, On the Ledge. Fantastic houseplants. But I wanted to talk about pests because we're now going into part of this pest cycle where they're just slowing down. Um, Any of the juveniles have now grown up a little bit, so they're a lot easier to see. I'm sort of talking about your mealybugs here or maybe excess aphids or scale, uh, especially with your houseplants. Lots of people bringing houseplants inside. But because they're slowing down, you'll find that actually cleaning them off now... Will have greater effect because hopefully you'll be able to get them all before they start exploding again next spring, and they've gone into the nooks and crannies to spend over winter. So while you're sort of uh, putting, bringing in your house plants or looking them over, try and wipe them over. You can usually use a cloth or sometimes a little bit of soapy liquid. Um, I use a little bit of white spirits on my scale just to get the waxy coating off. But it's a good time to get on top of your house plant pests now. Uh, just to give you that head start for next year
1: yeah like you say otherwise the po- the, the breeding cycle of them when they start really going for it in spring it's uh, bananas you, you're you're fighting a losing battle aren't you so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah no that, that's really good and there's something so satisfying i used to have a wonderful house plant collection when i was a teenager because i didn't mum and dad were, had got the nursery outside so i actually used to grow loads of plants in my bedroom and i had a collection of about 40 house plants and i used to get such satisfaction from just getting a cotton wool pad and some warm water, you know, just tepid water, and just wipe those leaf surfaces if they were nice and glossy. The shine you could get was always really special. I think back in the day, Baby Bio did some kind of leaf shine product that you could I put I think on. you're
0: right. I've re- it's I'm definitely sure I remember been...
1: dabbing that on. It's in the Hessian ago. books,
0: Dr. Hessian yeah. books. Leaf shine. <laughs> it was called Leaf Shine, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah well, I there must... you go. That's how I... I spent my teenage years. I was on my tape recorder trying to record the charts, listening to Madonna and wiping up my house, <laughs> 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 looking at leaf Bio shine. Leaf shine. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I'm revealing far too much about myself I need to stop. I need to stop. Um, Now, I just quickly add something going back to outside again. We had um, a couple of weekends ago. We've been cracking on at home. We're taking out um, a very overgrown... Uh, We're not taking out, taking down a very overgrown hedge at the bottom of the garden. It's got elder in it, it's got hawthorn, it's got um, dog roses, all sorts of things. We've pruned it back really hard. So it will regenerate, which is great, but we also need to put some fence in there. We've got to push things back and reclaim the boundary, as it were. So there's loads of scrubby material that needed to be cleared. We actually... We had a big bonfire. No, I know bonfires are very marmite. Some people like them. Some people hate them. I'm not going to get into that debate. We just had a big volume of stuff. We didn't want to get it out of the garden. We burnt it. And that's what we did. The bonfire ash, though, honestly because i went down there the next morning and it was like um because it was a huge big pile we actually created some kind of charcoal it was wonderful stuff it must have been a real slow burn yeah and then i i sort of like hosed it all down and got rid of the smoke and made sure everything was completely out but i've been reading up about i mean we know about wood ash about it's got it's got potash in it it can be slightly alkaline Mm. so maybe don't use it on ericaceous plants that's all quite well talked about but you can if you want to create your charcoal into what they call that kind of biochar and you can nutrient pack it. Now, I haven't talked to Ian about this yet, but there's a method by which you can actually apply urea to your charcoal. And in doing so, the the chemical nature of the charcoal locks onto the nitrogen in the urea and then right. makes it like a slow release kind of like soil conditioner, soil improver. So um, wish me luck with that conversation. But yeah... Um,
0: do you know? Um, I, hmm. I I don't know whether this is going to work. You might have to look into it. But my uh, car, because it's diesel and European, uses a product called AdBlue, which is added to the. Ex- I, I know we're going complete- We're going into the mechanical uh, part of the uh, Tokyo's podcast, but it injects it into the exhaust to neutralise the nitrous oxides. Now apparently that's hundred percent urea. Oh. So I wonder. What I'm thinking is, rather than um, relieving yourself all over your, your charcoal, <laughs> you could pro- you might be able to use that. You probably have to look into what it's made of. But there you go, Ian could go and get Thank that you rather that. than uh, off having hook. to. He's, he's yeah, off the hook. to the end of the what, what are you doing at the end of the oh. garden there, darling? Just uh, yes. uh, Just fortifying the charcoal. Well, and also, we've just lost our privacy by
1: taking down the hedge. So actually, it's probably not a very practical yeah. thing for me to request yeah. that he does anyhow, to be fair. Yeah. so We like our neighbours, we've got good relationships with them. Um, can I bring it back to something horticultural just right now? Because that yes. mental image is just far too strong for me. Okay, so um, if you haven't already done so, mulching, um, you know, the it is so mild this November. <laughs> Um, mulch? I know, I thought you'd love that one. Mm. Uh, mulching the soil, whilst the, the moisture levels have now been topped up quite significantly, so mm. that's great. Uh, it's still quite warm, so, you know, you're not... It's not but one golden rule is not to mulch on top of a frozen cold soil because you're actually locking the cold in the freezing. Because it insulates whatever you've got going on straight away underneath that soil. So if it's moist and mild, mulch it and you will cap that in and that will stop um, weeds growing, it will stop nutrients being leached, it will keep the roots warm of plants. So if you've got new if, you know trees gone in for example the roots can just gently tick over through the the winter months into the spring so mulching is definitely something that can be done still at this time of year it's not something that i would say in most years you could do in you know second half latter part of november but this year because it's been so mild yeah yes you can if you haven't already done it another thing i'm going to do because i got some delivery today from the garlic farm is plant my garlic you know i talked about uh rhapsody white yes so i've i've got some rhapsody white and the, 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 oh, they they look good they look good size bulbs they really do i can't wait to break the heads open to get the individual clothes mm. i've already got some um what was the early purple white was my other that's one it, yeah that's yeah. already in and that's actually sprouting but the rhapsody will go right alongside it and i'm really am fingers and legs crossed hoping that i'll get some really decent garlic this year because on my light sandy soil it can be a bit hit or miss, to be honest. So, you know, fingers and legs to us. Get some garlic in the ground. You can still do that way into January if you really need to.
0: And when we say white in those, that's the Isle of Wight, not yeah. the colour. Uh, yeah, sorry,
1: W-I-G-H-T, yeah. I should say. When you start looking into garlic, you'll realise that most of them have the suffix white because they are um, predominantly grown um, south of the Solent. And it does very well down there because it's quite mild and yeah. uh, bordering a, a very well-known uh, garlic-loving nation.
0: we do love our garlic right that's oh you got one more
1: well no i've got can i i've only got two or three but it's really quick um i've got my apples from the tree in the store uh, they're all, they're being mouse protected. So this is all in my sh- my lovely shed. It's all going on, so I've been really busy. Um, I've also, today, and from tonight for my tea, had a wonderful tomato passata. I've been batch oh. cooking all my tomatoes. So th- the jobs, okay, this is a winter job, but don't forget there's an awful lot of preserving and cooking mm. um, going on. I mean, whether it's freezing, whether it's drying, whether it's jamming, there's loads of that that you can do at your leisure through the winter. If you're like me and you've got a, some freezer capacity, you know, every now and then, I've been baking bread. I've got my sourdough nailed tonight. I've I've got the tomato passata. I've made about three pints worth of that. Uh, so I'm gradually going through and processing all my all my produce from the garden. Uh, and then I haven't ordered my seeds yet. I haven't ordered a single seed yet, so. I'm well a bit done. We've got that. plenty
0: of time. I, I, yeah. Do you know I want to say something. Don't order your seeds before Christmas out there. Yeah. Okay. If you see people doing it on Twitter, tell them you're too early, mate. <laughs> Just wait for a bit. Because, I, I am determined this year, not or next year, I should say, not to be hoodwinked by people. It's like your garlic. Loads of people put their garlic in, but you've got plenty of time. Still, do it now. You can yeah, go, you can go and get it some. In the yeah, it, you know, do not worry if people on social media or I don't know in your in real media in real land are doing things. You've got time, so yeah, don't order your seeds quite yet.
1: Yeah, really good advice.
0: Look at the catalogues. You know, that's quite nice to look at them and make your spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> but do not order your seeds yet.
1: Do you know, I haven't bought a tulip bulb uh, as no, yet. I need yes. to go and do a quick... Rec- well, I know, but come <laughs> on. I know from uh, from working at Ultimate, they, they, they said that sometimes they don't get theirs yep. in. I mean, they've, yep. uh, till January. So
0: yep. again, there's time. some
1: fantastic media, social media videos going out there about how to plant hundreds and thousands of tulips, but I haven't done it yet. So there we go.
0: <laughs> what they're not showing you on those videos are the people planting them afterwards in hospital with dodgy backs and hips that have gone
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly do you know I feel um sprightly but slightly exhausted by that I feel like I'm on top of my game I think i will be giving people lots of ideas for the winter because there is so so much to do there's there's plenty to keep you warm to keep you sustained to keep your interest growing and to to wet that appetite that horticultural appetite through the winter months just because it's cool um don't be put off got a lot of activity that can be completed by us right through until february march when it all will kick off and be absolutely manic again so ultimately enjoy your winter garden we are definitely enjoying ours Saul and myself uh we will keep you company over the next few weeks and months with more horticulture tasks as well but we hope that's given you some real good ideas just for the moment another episode is at an end and we hope you've enjoyed listening to us chat about how we approach our gardening lives. As the year progresses, we'll bring more of our unique brand of horticultural waffle as we continue to chronicle the end of 22 garden season and think ever more into what 2023 will bring us.
0: If you've enjoyed listening to us, we'd love you to leave a review via your preferred podcast provider or on your social media platform. Interact with us via our Twitter accounts, at Gardening and at Head LC. Lucy is also over on Instagram, again, at HeadgardenerLC. If you so feel inclined, you can even support us via our Buy Me A Coffee webpage. Find the link at the bottom of this podcast episode description.
1: As our gardening clothing changes and adapts with the decreasing temperatures and increasing rain showers, so the garden evolves over the autumn and crescendos into a massive spectacle of burnt oranges and magnificent reds. It's a time for enjoying the efforts we've made over the past many months in our gardens and to start those exciting plans for next year. The garden is an ever-changing tapestry that makes the most exciting of jobs.
0: So, until the next episode of Talking Heads... Goodbye!